Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Hello, ako si Trisha Aquino. Isa akong journalist at podcast producer. Isa sa mga bagay na binabantayan ko over the last 10 years ay ang peace process sa pagitan ng gobyerno at ng MILF o Moro Islamic Liberation Front. Tinignan ko rin ang pagbuo ng bagong Bangsamoro entity. At ako naman si Siti Fariza Esmail, isa akong Bangsamoro and a fourth-year college student. Nag-aaral sa Notre Dame Religious Virgin Mary College of Cotabato, taking up Bachelor of Secondary Education major in English. I am one of the program managers of the local management team under the Central Executive Board of United Voices for Peace Network. We empower the youth, especially those from Mindanao, to help safeguard the gains of the Bangsamoro peace process. Nakikinig kayo sa Balangkas ng Bukas, Stories of Major Policy Reforms, isang podcast ng Youth Leadership for Democracy, o Youth-led, a project of the Asia Foundation, and the United States Agency for International Development. Powered by Puma Podcast, with the support of the United Voices for Peace Network. In this podcast, we'll look at how we won the rights, freedoms, and privileges we have now. At babalikan natin ang lahat ng pinagdaanan natin para mabuo ang mga mahahalagang pulisiyang nagbibigay ginhawa sa buhay nating mga Pilipino. Titignan natin kung paano nangyayari ang reforma, And in this season, we'll talk about the BOL, or the Bangsamoro Organic Law. In the last episode, pinag-usapan natin kung gaano kahirap ipasa ang batas. Maraming pinagdaanan ang BOL mula draft stage hanggang enacted law. And now, in our season 1 finale, we'll look at how the BOL operates on the ground. One thing we've heard our interviewees say time and time again is that all of these documents, these peace agreements and annexes and laws, they're more than just a piece of paper. They lay out what becomes implemented in the communities involved. So, City, as someone from the newly created Bangsamoro region, well, four years old na siya nitong 2023, kumusta na? Actually, Ata Trish, madaming naging victories ang barm. Pero ang may babahagi ko lamang sa inyo ngayon ay ang perspective ko bilang isang estudyante at kabataan. Talagang malaking dagok ang pandemic. Pero mas naramdaman namin yung galaw at pagpapahalaga ng mga namumuno ng BARM kasi through the Bangsamoro Agency Task Force on COVID-19, the Bangsamoro government put in place the necessary measures to contain the virus spread and meet the basic needs of its constituents. Naalala ko pa, First time namin makakita dito ng relief packs na may mga sabon, one dozen coffee packs, milk, canned goods, noodles, and many more. Talagang nakakawindang kasi palagi silang nagbibigay, hindi lang isang beses. 
nakatanggap din kami ng cash assistance. Bukod pa rito, maraming mga kabataan ang nabigyan ng opportunities na makapagbalik eskwela at makapagtrabaho sa tulong ng government na ito. Under this government also, from 55.9% poor families in 2018, naging 39.4% na lang noong 2021. That's really good to hear, City. And it's great to know that the government was there to support you during a time that was difficult for all of us. Uh, as a background for our listeners, nasa transition period ngayon ang BARM. The Bangsamoro Transition Authority, or the BTA, governs BARM. At mga appointees ng Pangulo ang bumubuo nito. 41 nominees from the MILF and 39 nominees from the government. Pinamunuan ito ng Chief Minister, si MILF Chairman Alhaj Murad Ibrahim. And in 2025, the people of BARM will finally be able to elect their own regional officials. Parliamentary ang form of government dito. We have a number of guests with us today to talk about this new form of government and the institutions that are being put in place. Tatalakayin din natin ang normalization. We'll discuss the challenges, what has been accomplished so far, and what we'll look forward to in the future. Kasama na rin dyan ang role ng kabataan para ituloy ang nasimulan na ng mga nauna sa kanila. How do they safeguard the gains of their elders when it comes to the peace process? Here's our first returning guest. Yes, uh, hi, uh, I'm Director Ishmael Bajid. I'm the head of the Peace Panel and Political Concerns Office under the Office of the Presidential Advisor on Peace, Reconciliation, and Unity. I also head the Secretariat of the Intergovernmental Relations Body. I assist in the uh, Secretariat of the GPH Peace Implementing Panel, which is the primary mechanism in the MILF peace process which ensures the efficient and effective implementation of the Comprehensive Agreement on the Bangsamoro. Welcome, Director Bajin. May we ask, are you from the Bangsamoro region o dito po kayo sa Manila lumaki? I'm actually a Tausug. Yeah, my family is from Sulu. I grew up actually in Zamboanga City. Even though it's really close to Basilan, Sulu, Tawi-Tawi, it's a particularly safer place relatively to these areas. That's why hindi kami ganun ka-exposed sa mga conflicts. Except for some incidents, of course, like the Zamboanga siege, yung Kabatangan incident. Although, uh, that's ano, that's the MNLF naman, sina Chairman Nurmi Swari at that time. Makikita mo the, na yung mga armed groups na ito, nandyan sila because they have a dissatisfaction towards the government. Anam natin ang Zamboanga siege na nangyari noong September 2013. Nagkaroon ng matinding bakbakan sa pagitan ng gobyerno at ng faction ng Moro National Liberation Front o MNLF na loyal sa pinatalsik nitong chairman, Nurmi Swari. More than 100,000 people had to flee. At yung kabatangan incident naman nangyari noong 2001 sa Zamboanga City. Nang hostage ang MNLF ng 20 to 60 civilians and some accounts even say 150. Ayon sa CNN, Sinubukan daw pigilan ng mga rebelde ang eleksyon kung saan maghahalal ng bagong mga opisyales ng autonomous region in Muslim Mindanao. Uh, in fact, yung high school namin at that time, uh, it was very close to the Kabatangan Complex. So medyo na-destroy ng kakaunti yung uh, part ng school namin at that time. Pero at that time, I was a young kid. It was just a day off school, you know, di ba? Parang oh, walang klase, walang pasok, di ba? Pero as you grow up, you realize na we're talking about real lives. There are people that are really displaced. 
So we're talking about real lives, real situations, and it's an issue that really has to be at the top of the agenda of the government. Yes, and now you have a hand in carrying out that peace agenda. So what does a day in your work life look like, Po? It's really, really varied because we are now in the implementation stage of the peace process. Of course, there's still office work. There's still some uh, policy formulation, you know, policy recommendation. But uh, on the other side of it, there's the uh, activities, the field work, the operation side of it, wherein we really have to uh, go down into the field and to monitor the implementation of the uh, comprehensive agreement on the Bangsamoro. Sir, ano po yung biggest accomplishments niyo in 2022? You know, there's a lot to celebrate uh, pagdating sa MILF peace process. And you can even count the MNLF peace process here because uh, it's really the success of the Bangsamoro peace process pagdating dito. No? Because aside from the continuous implementation of the normalization program, we have made great strides in the decommissioning of combatants. Um, we are close to uh, concluding phase three of the decommissioning process and we look forward to decommissioning phase four and the continuous implementation, implementation of the socioeconomic development packages. Normalization, decommissioning, implementation of socioeconomic development packages. We know that these are big words and we'll get into detail as we go along in this episode. So first, mapunta tayo sa normalization. Part of the peace agreement is the implementation of a normalization program which will transform the lives of MILF combatants and their communities no, into peaceful and productive citizens and peaceful and productive communities. Bising basis in a director badging sa pag-implement ng quote-unquote normalization track ng peace process. Base ito sa Annex on Normalization. Isa yan sa mga dokumentong diniscuss natin noong episode 3. At may apat na bahagi ang normalization. The security component, the socioeconomic development component, confidence building measures, and transitional justice and reconciliation. The security component is concerned with the security issues in the region. You have to decommission the MILF combatants. And then, uh, of course, when you decommission them and then they turn over their firearms, uh, wala na silang mga armas, no? But you have to make them feel secure because uh, hindi naman pwede that you will remove their firearms and then uh, other groups are still armed at uh, nagpo-proliferate pa rin yung mga violent incidents. So there are other partner programs that are part of the security component such as the disbandment of private armed groups. Uh, nandyan din yung pagtatayo ng mga joint peace and security teams which is a composite team. Each JPST is a composite team composed of uh, officers from the AFP, the PNP, and the MILF-PF. Kasama din dyan ang programs on the management of small arms and light weapons, yung mga loose firearms. And of course, yung mga resolution of RIDO, dispute resolution. It makes sense na maraming programa para siguraduhin ang peace and security sa bar. Another component is the socio-economic development component. These MILF combatants, for years, ang alam lang nila ay eh, gera, no? You have to transform their lives. You have to provide socioeconomic development programs for them to transform their lives. So sa socioeconomic development component, kasama dyan yung pagpo-provide ng mga transitional cash assistance, kasama yung pagpo-provide ng mga socioecon programs like yung uh, skills development, livelihood assistance, values transformation training, even infrastructure like providing uh, rural health units, um, irrigation systems in their communities and eventually pati housing. Ang pangatlo naman yung confidence building measures. 
So you have six mutually identified MILF camps. And you transform these camps into productive communities. You have a camps transformation plan that is approved by the GPH and the MILF Peace Implementing Panel. Diyan nakalahad sa plan na yan. Kasama din dyan yung program on amnesty. No? So you have to provide amnesty to MILF members who are imprisoned because uh, they committed crimes in pursuit of their political beliefs. So that's the third component. Ano naman po yung fourth component ng normalization? Yung transitional justice and reconciliation component. So you have to go back. You have to address all of these historical injustices. You have to recognize the injustices uh, that were perpetuated against the Bangsamoro people. At dyan na, na-answer yan sa pangaprograma on transitional justice and reconciliation. Wow, napaka-complex po pala ng normalization process at napakaraming kailangan gawin sa ilalim nito. Sir, balikan lang po natin yung first component, yung tungkol sa security. You mentioned na patapos na po yung phase 3 ng decommissioning process under this. Paano niyo po ba nasabi yun? Because uh, in phase 3, the target number of combatants is 14,000 combatants and there's 2,450 weapons. And since the commencement of phase 3, meron na lang natitira out of the 14,000 combatants, there's about 1,300 combatants left to be decommissioned under phase 3. Ah, and expected nyo po na matatapos yung phase 3 in early 2023. And the rest of the combatants will be decommissioned under phase 4. Uh, and were there any problems that came with transitioning to a new administration? One might think that when the new administration came in, there would be difficulties because with new administration, there would be, you know, birthing pains, uh, a long time to reassess, to re-educate people. But thankfully, that wasn't really much of a problem here. President Bongbong Marcos, from the get-go, was really supportive of the GPHMILF peace process. That's great news. Actually, high-level officials from the national, local, and Bangsamoro governments have already begun meeting and working together under the new administration. May tinatawag na Intergovernmental Relations Body. And it's headed by Budget Secretary Amina Pangandaman on the national government side and Education Minister Mohager Iqbal on the BARM side. At marami pang ibang quote-unquote mechanism na binubuo ng mga government officials to work on various aspects of normalization. So, City, bilang Bangsamoro citizen, nakikita mo ba yung normalization processes na to? Yes, Ate Trish. The goal is to transform the comps into peaceful and productive communities na nangyayari naman ngayon. Hmm, okay, okay. Um, and we have another returning guest with us. Si Director Wendell Orbeso na kayod ng kayod din para sa implementation ng comprehensive agreement on the Bangsamoro. Sir, we'll ask you about what happens after the normalization process. Pero bago yan, may autograph book moment muna tayo. Ato Trish, I'm not sure kung alam pa ng mga listener natin kung ano ang autograph book. Oh my gosh, ang tanda ko na. But basically, it's a thing from the 90s. So para siyang notebook na pinapasa mo sa friends and classmates and family members mo. Tapos sasagutin nila yung mga questions about themselves. For example, what's your favorite music, your favorite color, your motto in life? Tapos may dedication ka doon sa may-ari ng notebook in the end. Dear Trisha, ganon. Okay, so what we're trying to say here is, we want to know more about Director Urbeso's life. 
Sino Basha and what was his personal experience with the peace process? Tama. Well, of course, I'm from Mindanao. I'm from Surigao del Norte. And I, I've been dreaming of having a work that really contributes to addressing the peace process. No? After 2008, kasi, nakagulo sa Magindanao, no? uh, for one, Sarangani, Lanao del Norte. And then I witnessed firsthand na ang biktima talaga ay mga civilians. No? Under international law naman, you have the AFP, PNP, mga kombatansyan sila. And then sa MILF naman, yung Bangsamoro Islamic Armed Forces. Sa Magindanao kasi, karamihan ng mga bahay doon, lalo na sa area ng mga ampatuan, mga light materials. Bakit light materials? Hindi ganun kalaki ang kita, wala silang masyadong pambili. Pero ang reason kasi yan, sanay na sila sa gulo. Kapag may bakbakan, katakbo yan sila. No? Alam na nila yung evacuation center. So, nung nangyari noong 2008, we recorded sa buong mundo yung pinakamaraming IDPs, internally displaced persons. No? Iyak ako. Ang record ng DSWD, 600,000. Ang record ng mga CSOs, nasa 1 million. Mga bata ang naawa ako. Kasi ang ano yan sa kanila, pag nagkagulo dun sa communities, pupunta yan sila sa daan. Talagayan silang sakod doon. So doon sila natutulog. Doon hanggang sa titigil yung bakbakan. Ito pong panahon na tinutukoy niyo, sir. Ito po yung aftermath ng pagpigil ng Korte Suprema sa MOA Adino. Tinalakay natin ang MOA Adino ng past episodes. Nag-escalate talaga ang bakbakan sa pagitan ng MILF at government troops pagkatapos nito. Ayon sa Amnesty International, around 750,000 ang naging bakwit ng panahong ito. For Director Orbeso, talagang vocation ang tabahong to. And we've heard this again and again from those who are part of the peace process. They're doing it for the children. Yes, and the normalization process precisely lays the foundation for a more peaceful and prosperous life for the next generation. Director Orbeso, ano pong mayayari after ng normalization? The Philippine government and the MILF will sign what we call the exit document. No? Yan yung formal closure. So by the time, 2025, I na-elect na yung mamamahala sa BARD kasi ngayon appointed kasi transition government. Sila na yon kasi at the end of the day, sila dapat ang magpapatakbo nito. Eh. Kasi ang pangarap talaga ng Bangsamoro people is for them to chart their own political future. That's the meaningful no? right to self-determination. Tayo naman sa normalization, By the time, 2025, tapos na yung decommissioning, na-implement na natin yung mga corresponding social projects, nagkaroon na ng maayos na pag-address sa issue of transitional justice reconciliation, na-amnesty na rin yung mga members na may kaso. Okay, so by 2025, tapos na ang transition period from ARMM to the Bangsamoro region. Yung government and MILF panels kasama ng Malaysian Facilitator at ng third-party monitoring team, magkakaroon ng meeting para i-review, i-assess at i-evaluate yung mga agreements nila. Pagkatapos nito, magkakaroon ng exit document para officially i-terminate na ang peace negotiation. Mayayari lang ito kung na-implement na nga ang lahat ng napagkasunduan ng dalawang parties. So after these conversations with Director Orbeso and Director Bajin, alam na natin ang ginagawa ng government and MILF implementing panels. Ngayon, punta naman natin ang regional government ng Bangsamoro, ang Bangsamoro Transition Authority. Ang susunod nating guest ay si Member of Parliament, Anna Basman. MP, could you talk about the work that you do? 
it's parliamentary, it's lawmaking, it's policy making. Ito talaga, you stand on your own as a member of the parliament and then propose laws, propose measures. Are your colleagues mostly older than you po? <laughs> Somebody wrote an article, si Samindanu, si Miss Carol Argilias. She wrote an article about the age. Kaya doon namin nalaman kung sino-sino yung mga bata sa amin. So naturally lang nagkaroon ng ano, naging friends lang. Pero mostly, oh, uh, more senior than us yung mga members ng parliament. That was in the beginning intimidating, di ba? How do I relate? Impossible to work effectively with uh, people if you are not able to relate with each other. So struggle yun in itself. Pero I uh, thank God, alhamdulillah, as we say, um, nangyari naman siya. There are 80 members of parliament and their sessions are held in Cotabato City. It's similar to how Congress works, but the difference is, since it's a parliamentary form of government, some members are also part of the executive branch. So, mas efficient po siya, MP? Yeah, so may mga kasama kami na ministers din sila ng mga ahensya. For example, when we talk about uh, issues on, on health or kunwari, social services, because the head is also an MP, pwede siyang tanungin directly. Pwede siyang ma-recognize directly and clarify immediately uh, without the necessity of the way yung ginagawa natin sa Senate at sa House of Reps na ipatawag in a meeting, in a committee, hearing, um, secretaries. That doesn't need to happen in the Bangsamara Parliament kasi uh, most of our colleagues are there. So mas seamless yung usapin between the executive and the legislative. Ano po yung priorities ng BTA ngayon? The BTA is tasked to pass uh, legislation on certain matters. And at the same time, we cannot forget that services should be felt down to the remotest localities in the region para mas madali pang, mas madami pang makaramdam na this is what the Bangsamoro government is about. At isa po rito sa services na ito ay education, ano? Kapansin-pansin po na mataas ang budget para rito. It's part of the mandate in the BOL that education, health, and social services should be areas where we uh, allocate the bulk of our budget. But also the reality that there are many learners here in the Bangsamoro and our focus is more diverse siguro. Like, yes, we take care of basic higher technical education, all converged into one uh, ministry. For example, Tawi-Tawi, diba, one of the provinces here. I see na madami pa talagang kailangang i-improve sa school buildings natin kasi madaming ibang dilapidated na. Yung iba baka na, natamaan ng bomba, yung mga ganon, even if there are zones of, they are zones of peace. Malalayo, yung accessibility ba ng school is something that needs improvement. Ang nilagay nila sa Ministry for Education is their, uh, the head of their negotiating panel, si Minister Mohager Iqbal. And that shows us the seriousness of the BARM, of the leadership of our chief minister on matters of education na isang tao na hindi pwedeng hindi pakinggan, na hindi pwedeng hindi mapagbigyan ang nilagay doon sa Ministry of Education. Kasi importante na lahat ng issues ng education madaling natutugunan ng ating rehiyon. But uh, we also have a peculiarity here, entrenched ang madrasa education in the BARM. So that's another side of it na siguro hindi as as funded in the national level. 
We really want Bangsamoro students to catch up with the rest of Philippine society. Yes. Um, City, may na-mention si MP Basman, yung madrasa. Would you talk about that for listeners who may not be familiar with it? Ang madrasa at atrish is an Arabic word for school. Ibig sabihin, yung system ng education is naayon sa Islamic values o ang relihiyong Islam. Dito tinuturuan ang mga bata paano magbasa gamit ang alpabetong Arabic, stories ng aming mga propeta at marami pang iba. Dito sa amin, may mga madrasa o school na purely Arabic ang tinuturo nila. Meron namang hindi, pero sabi ko nga ang education system niya ay naayon pa din sa Islam. Tulad na lamang ng school ko noong elementary, Madrasa Abu Bakar al-Islamiyah. Tinuturuan kami dito ng Arabic at ng English, which is actually good kasi natututo din kami hindi lang sa amin, kundi pati sa secular. Okay, gets, gets. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So now you have another guest with us. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I am Nuraida Chu, a senior program officer, and I've been with the Asia Foundation for 10 years. And I'm stationed in Cotabato City. Welcome, Ms. Noda. The Asia Foundation, together with USAID, are our partners on the show. So we're glad to have you on the podcast. What projects are you working on po? Currently po yung project ay yung Care for Peace. The said project is primarily designed to uh, assist Uh, in the peace process between the government and the MILF and of course to help in the ongoing transition from ARMM to BARM. And another project uh, ay yung Activate Bangsamoro. Uh, yung Activate Bangsamoro project naman po is designed to uh, help uh, yung constituents ng BARM to engage constructively with the Bangsamoro Parliament and vice versa. Yung Parliament to be able to effectively reach out to its constituents within the region. Under these projects, mas pinaiintindi sa Bangsamoro citizens kung ano ang ginagawa ng parliament at kung ano ang transition process as a whole. Nagbibigay rin ito ng suporta sa paggawa ng priority bills tulad ng mga batas para sa PWDs, Gender and Development, and Care for Orphans. Tumutulong din sila through their implementing partners sa pag-resolve ng local conflicts and many more. Ms. Noda, How well do the people understand the changes that come with the BOL and BARM? 
I can safely claim na may pagbabago naman po, especially in terms of understanding kung ano yung current na uh, form ng government. There are still communities that need mga IEC na uh, interventions po. IEC, meaning Information, Education, and Communication. Kasi una-una, of course, we know yung anong klaseng communities meron tayo sa bar, meron talaga yung isolated, highly isolated. Plus, meron din naman po tayong napaka-high risk in terms of security and sometimes yung iba naman in terms of safety. Uh, example po yung current na nangyari po with Typhoon Apaeng. So, may mga communities na isolated at mahirap din po tahan dahil delikado rin. Thank you, Ms. Noda. MP Basman, kayo naman po. Kumusta naman ang reception ng ordinaryong mamamayan sa Bangsamoro Transition Authority o ang bagong pamahalaan? Of course, in a democracy, diba, there's no monopoly of opinion and even um, sentiment towards especially a public institution such as the Bangsamoro government. So maraming supportive. Uh, nag-manifest yan nung nag-call for extension of the transitional uh, authority. Basically, nag-extend for another three years and transition period. So the current BARM officials will stay in their posts until the elections in 2025. instead of 2022 originally. That was a show of belief or confidence in the Bangsamoro government. But you would also hear people who would talk about uh, its failings, where it uh, it is falling short. We had an operation in the height of the lockdowns, yung pamigay ng bigas, ng, ano, ng relief, uh, para mga groceries to the people, mga ayuda na ganun. Yung the fact lang na... Um, Yung expectation was that the standard or the bar was set very high. For me, it's a good uh, indicator na people have seen what the BARM can do and are expecting more. I like that perspective. And we have another guest to answer this question. Siti, kasama mo to. I am Abgari Alon. You can call me Rex. And I serve as the uh, program manager for the United Voices for Peace Network. And at the same time, I'm also a member of the Board of Trustees of the said organization. Um, I can say now, uh, BARM is already a good enough government on the grounds of for, for perspective of a citizen. What they care about is that my ayuda, narrow health services, my pabahay, my construction, my kalsada. The challenge is sa island provinces, sa Basilan, Sulu, and Tawi-Tawi. Uh, in the first place, they're already geographically isolated. So in terms of services, medyo... a medyo challenge siya. No? Samahan mo pa ng COVID na may restrictions sa mobility ng mga goods, for example. Isali mo pa yung factor that they don't speak the same language. Basilan speaks Yakan. Sulu speaks Tausun. Tawi-tawi mostly uh, Sinama and Bajaw. So there is that disconnect na parang ay kayo-kayo lang. Isa itong challenge na kailangan nating tugunan. And the rehabilitation of Marawi is another major issue that we have to address. At Trish, can you believe na anim na taon na mula nang mangyari ang Marawi siege? That's a long time. I think kahit sinong nakatutok sa TV noon maaalala yung scenes of destruction. Talagang sira-sira ang mga bahay at building noon sa Marawi at libo-libo yung lumikas at naging bakwit. Dahil ito sa bakbakan sa pagitan ng Islamic State-affiliated maute group sa isang banda at sa government troops sa kabila. What was that time like for you, City? Noong mga panahon na yan, Ate Trish, pati kami rito ay natatakot kasi may mga usap-usapan noon na may mga nakatakas sa na nasabing maute group 
at dito ro sila sa lungsod namin tatakbo. That's why my parents were very strict. School bahay lang talaga kami. Nakikibalita kami para sa mga friends at kakilala namin na malapit doon, pati na rin sa social media. Nakakalangkot talagang isipin na maraming bahay, ari-arian at buhay ang nawala. With all of this happening, kita mo talaga there's no other option but peace. Kaya napakalaga ng ginagawa ng grupo ni Mio City. Rex, pwede bang ipaliwanag mo sa akin yung advocacy ninyo? The peace process is ongoing. And with that peace process, may mga gains. And with those gains, ang pinapangarap ng UDPN na yung pag-develop, pagkuha sa mga gains na yon ay contributory ang kabataan at beneficiary din ang kabataan. At paano ito mangyayari? Ini-inform namin ng public, lalo na ang kabataan, tungkol sa mga nangyayari sa barn. Um, IEC campaigns, radio show, online show, uh, Islamic sermons, newsletter and all. At the same time, kinukuha rin namin ang pulso ng mga tao para maipasa naman ito sa parliament. We train the youth on creating policies that we can suggest to the Bangsamoro Transition Authority. Apart from this... Nagtutulungan ngayon ang Beige Foundation and the USAID no, with the UVPN to upskill the youth in BARM in terms of the skills they need to advance or to nurture and to practice and to drive the democratic institutions na napiyon <laughs> dito sa Bangtamoro ngayon. We at UVPN want to support the gains of the peace process. If, when they were young, Our elders took up arms and are today fighting for peace slowly but surely. It's our job to keep the good work going. It's important to remember that the separatist groups in our communities began with young people who were dissatisfied with the lot they had been handed in life. They had experienced a lot of pain, poverty, and injustice, and they wanted to make a change. They genuinely wanted reform. They wanted better lives for themselves and their families. Today, we believe that we will be able to achieve this through BARM. That was beautifully put, City. And let's bring in another guest, Professor Miriam Coronel Ferrer. Ma'am, it's been four years since the creation of BARM. Ano po ang dapat nating binabantayan? Good governance, number one. Because dyan ka madadali. Remember, may election. May election na mangyayari. And looking at it, it's global experience, no? Hindi laging nanalo yung nag-sign ng peace agreement sa first election after the signing of the peace agreement. You have the case of Nicaragua. Talo sila. Talo yung Sandinistas right after the settlement, no? But eventually, of course, nakarecover sila. And in fact, they have become yung leaders ng Sandinista, conjugal dictatorship ngayon sa Nicaragua, which is sad. Kasi ito yung mga revolutionaries dati ngayon hindi na sila marunong bumitiw sa kapangyarihan. No? So for me, the greatest challenge for the MILF is to avoid tendencies to be exclusivist. Kailangan inclusive sila to really practice meritocracy and then talagang uh, bantayan din nila yung ranks nila for any abuses that might happen. And uh, but, but it's not only in the governance side, there's also the other aspect ng normalization like yung decommissioning of weapons and combatants. Marami pang gagawin talaga sa security issues. Maring impossible din pa na ma-wipe out mo lahat ng mga loose firearms yan, MILF man o hindi. No? But kailangan ganun yung vision 
matanggal yung arms, use of arms, yung political violence, at saka talagang uh, maging uh, maayos yung democratic principles na mag-ooperate. Halimbawa kung election yan, election na hindi ganun ka-violent. And then they have to work with the young people as well. Pag hindi talaga na-appreciate ng mga next generation yung efforts ng MLF leadership ngayon, babalik ka na naman dun sa cycle na some of them will be radicalized and become the new revolutionaries. And this time, ito nga yung tinatawag natin na hindi na guerrilla fighters kung hindi yung mas indiscriminate methods of warfare na like bombings, no? So, ngayon, ang pinaka-pole na pwedeng puntahan ng mga disenchanted young people is precisely yung uh, mga violent extremists. And that's that's a that's a big challenge also for the MILF. I mean, it's everybody's responsibility, pero since they're the government authority there, malaki dapat yung kanilang effort, especially to bring over the youth, the same desires for peace, good governance, uh, lahat yan, no? everything that they wanted. Uh, as part of their struggle, but now through peaceful means. Thank you, Professor. Kaya mahalaga yung ginagawa niyo sa UVPN, no? Na Communication and Education Activities City. Indeed, we can never take peace for granted. I'd like to ask Ms. Noda. Siya hindi na siya bahagi ng youth. Ang dami na niyang nakita. Ma'am, kumusta na po yung sitwasyon mula nung maipasa ang BOL? Kung titingnan po natin noon, From Cotabato City, when you go south, uh, papuntang Sultan Tudarat Province, uh, makikita mong along the way noon, madalas may mga evacuees, may mga tents, may mga relocation sites for internally displaced uh, people because of war. Pero ngayon, ang makikita mo are mga establishments, yung mass rooming of those mga stores along the National Highway is a clear manifestation that the place is already you know, starting to, to progress, to, to prosper economically. And siyempre, hindi yun mangyayari kung hindi siya nakakakibat yung improvements uh, in terms of peace and order. So yun po. And of course, makikita po naman natin yung national statistics data that shows kung gaano yung improvement po nung in terms of GDP, in terms po ng reduction and poverty uh, incidence ng region, Those are clear indicators po that the, that the region is actually improving. And even yung recorded number of violent encounters between armed groups, at least nag-lesson na siya. That's amazing. Pero ngayon po, may bagong challenge na hinaharap ang BARM. Climate change. At nakita natin ito sa hagupit ng Bagyong Paeng noong October 2022. Yun nga eh. It's a wake-up call that yung climate change is really true. Kasi yung iba hindi naniniwala eh patungkol sa climate change. Kasi in the past, it didn't happen sa Mindanao. No? Hindi namin alam yung mga uh, massive landslides, uh, flash flood, and yung ganong klaseng kalakas ng, ng naulan. Uh, hindi pa kami nakaranas ng ganun. Uh, simulan, matagal na ilang decades na not until nangyari yung typhoon paing ngayon. So, um, alhamdulillah, we're happy naman na yung buhos ng tulong mula sa national government at sa karating na mga bahayan po ay talagang significant. I was really happy when I saw yung isang munisipyo sa Lanao Sur na nagpadala po ng trucks and trucks of goods na galing sa kanila. Papunta po sa Maguindanao, uh, atin over nila sa Barm. At ang sabi po ng LGU ay 
uh, we're now helping because when we were at the time na merong gulo because of Marawi, yung Maguindano po na province was there to help. So yeah, you know, uh, BARM is just still in its pangilan lang po uh, na years. And yung alam po natin na BARM region ay isa po sa pinaka-poorest region of the country. It has been, you know, in the state of you know, po, violence, insurgencies for several decades. At ngayon pa lang po bumabawi. And uh, we cannot expect naman po na talagang within few years ay magbawin-bawi lahat. Pero we're happy na we can see changes, uh, developments, and yung effort ng some local leaders, local government units, and at saka na sa regional level ng mga leaders in terms of making sure that kahit pa paano yung, yung inaasam-asam ng mga mamamayan sa barn na pagbabago at pag-unlad ay makamtan. MP Basman, is there anything you think the rest of the Philippines needs to know about BARM? It's a region, we must remember, that has gone through so much when it comes to um, conflict, when it comes to devastation. And we're not talking about 100 years in the past. We're talking about very recent. Uh, as recent as 2017, an entire city was devastated and scores of thousands of people are still unable to return. That's the reality for BARM, that it's always threatened by or actually uh, exposed to violence, to war. And despite that, that the BARM is where it is now, competing with other regions when it comes to socioeconomic development, competing with other um, regions when it comes to level of educational attainment, level of um, exposure to the jobs and the schooling that the others are able to uh, maximize without all of this baggage of uh, threat of violence. So the BARM is a region that can prosper, but uh, we need to give it a chance. Parang that's my main message. Na had we not experienced all that we have in the past, we might be at par with all of our other neighbors when it comes to development, economic development. But uh, since we are not, and we've been set back a, a lot of generations, it's not dole out. It's really giving us the chance to catch up because we can, we are showing that. It's just that all of the situations are at play when it comes to this region. Thank you for MP Basman. We've now reached the end of Balangkas ng Bukas Season 1. City, what are your takeaways? At the Trish, it is when the LGU of Lano Sur said, after nila i-turn over ang trap of goods sa Maguindanao na, we're now helping because when we were at the time na merong gulo because of Marawi incident, yung Maguindanao province was there to help. Ang sarap sa pakiramdam na sa show na ito, Naipapahayag namin sa lahat ng mga tagapakinig kung ano kami bilang isang mga Muslim, ang history namin at kung ano ang barb. Bilang isang volunteer at Bangsamoro Youth, napakasaya ng puso ko na sabihin sa inyong lahat ang kwento namin. Na ito kami at hindi kung paano kami kilalanin ng iba bilang isang terrorist. Para sa akin naman, simula pa lang ang podcast na ito. Napakarami pang kwento ng Bangsamoro na dapat ilahad. And I look forward to listening to more conversations coming out of BARM. 
So, Siti, gusto kong magpasalamat sa'yo for joining me on this show. I've learned a lot and hopefully I've become a better person, a more empathetic and compassionate person by doing this podcast. Maraming salamat, Ate Trish. I'm sure mamimiss ko ang mga usapan natin patungkol dito. Sa mga guests na kasama nating nagpahagi kung ano nga ba ang Bangsamore Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao, maraming maraming salamat po. I've started this show na konti lang din ang nalalaman. But because of this show, masasabi kong lumawak pa at mas pag-aaralan ko pa ng maigi ang mga nangyayari sa Bangsamore Homeland. Maraming salamat sa aming tagapakinig. Hanggang sa muli. You've been listening to Balangkas ng Bukas, a podcast by Youth Leadership for Democracy or Youth-led, a project of the Asia Foundation and the United States Agency for International Development, powered by Puma Podcast, with the support of the United Voices for Peace Network. Ako po muli si Siti Fariza Esmail. At ako naman po si Trisha Aquino, Puma Podcast. This episode was written and produced by myself, with production assistance from Mina Toralba. It was edited by Carl Sayat, with additional research by Faith Navarro. Salamat din kay Carl Javier for the creative consult. I'd also like to thank Nabila Muhammad for supporting us in the early days of creating this podcast. If you found value in this podcast, please share it with a friend. We'll leave you with words from the late Ambassador Dato Abulkair Alonto, MNLF Chairman. Mayroon po kaming karapatan ng maging masaya. It's not only a redemption of what we have fought for, but for the first time, for more than 400 years, now nagkaroon na kami ng political identity. Mm-hmm. Kami na ngayon, ang Bangsamoro, we are home.